Welcome to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast, fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle programs created for your goals and your reality. No magic pills, no judgments, and no time to waste. Let's get into it. What is up, everyone? Thank you again for tuning in, loading on, downloading, however you got to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. My name is Justin McClintock, and I really appreciate you being here. I wanted to talk today about how you structure a workout. Uh, and this can be useful for a couple of things. If you're writing your own workouts, if you are a, a young coach uh, looking to program for other people and you're not sure exactly how to do it, this is also useful for a bunch of you who are doing templated programs. And for a, te a template program is any kind of big group program that is written for lots of people, something that is not individually customized for you. Uh, which is the way we do everything, but I've certainly done lots of templated programs in my time. There's a million of them out there, some, a lot of very, very good ones out there. So I thought it would be interesting, perhaps useful, to show you the way that we think about structuring workouts. Not rocket science, maybe not super new, but I think potentially useful. Also, we have a bunch of places which are just reopening gyms again. People are getting access to their gyms again. If you have limited time, We've gotten messages from a few people around the country in the United States where gyms are really limiting the amount of time can people be, that people can be in the building or in the space or use a certain piece of equipment because of, so, of social distancing rules. I hope this is going to be a little bit useful to show you what to do if you need to rearrange your movements, if maybe you need to cut something for time, you're not sure what to do. So big movements first. Almost no matter what you're doing, we want big full body compound movements. First of all, you get a lot of bang for your buck here. You're getting an enormous amount done. You know, a back squat, sure, it is a leg you know, specific exercise, but you are also using, in a back squat, you're using your upper back. You're bracing with your core. You're getting your hips, your quads, your hamstrings. All kinds of stuff is happening there. Really, really useful. So any big full body compound movement, think how many different uh, joints are working, how many different muscle groups are working to make this whole thing happen. It can be, you can potentially be working on one specific body part. Maybe you are working on shoulders, but there's a big difference between doing a seated dumbbell shoulder press or a seated machine press versus like a hang clean and press with a barbell. One of those, the hang clean and press with the barbell, is going to get a lot more body parts involved. You'll be working a lot harder to get the movement done. So super efficient and super effective. Both things we really like. We're always looking for the most bang for your buck. Uh, I do not seek to keep people in the gym for three hours at a time just because it's fun to be in the gym for three hours at a time. And to be clear, most of our folks are not in the gym for three hours every day. Some of them are, but not most of them. We have people doing 20-minute workouts, and that's where this stuff gets super interesting. But more is not always better. Sometimes more is just more. We always want to be as efficient as possible. How effective can we be? the lowest possible dose of something we can give you and get the effect we're looking for, that's what we'll do. Because we also want to avoid overuse. We want to avoid burnout. We want to be respectful of your time. We don't want this exercise workout fitness thing to be something that tears your life apart and makes it uh, almost unusable or something that you can't really sustain for more than two or three weeks. So full body, big movements first. That's what you're looking for. Whatever kind of training you're doing. After that, after you get those big movements done, maybe it's one, 
to maybe three, depending on what you're doing. There are a few programs that will have four or five big movements, but usually the first two or three are where you're getting the bulk of your work done. It's also where you're going to get the most tired, right? You, we're assuming you come into the gym at 100%, whatever you have to give that day. So we want to do the thing that's going to take the most out of you up top. We don't want to wait two and a half hours into your set to try and max your deadlift. It's probably not going to go the way we want it to go. We want to move that up front. Certainly, we want to be warm. We want to make sure you're ready. We want to build up to it. But we don't want you to be incredibly fatigued, maybe losing some movement finesse. Maybe your motor control isn't great anymore. And then do something really big, really complicated, really heavy. After your full body movements, we go on to... Let's generalize and call it accessory work. Accessory work sometimes gets a bad name. It often gets skipped. I think of accessory work as all of the stuff surrounding that full body movement. Whether your training is supporting that specifically, whether you're, if you're doing like a body part split kind of a training day. So onto your accessory stuff. This is where we might start getting into sort of single joint, lighter, uh, more complicated, like more technical pieces but usually less heavy, possibly more reps, uh, kind of thing that's supporting that big full body movement. This is also a place where you might get into some really skill specific work. Balancing, I will often put hand balancing deep into a workout. It is neurologically demanding, but not in the same way that like a uh, heavy weightlifting is or heavy leg work or that kind of stuff. So we'll put hand balancing possibly later on. If you're an Olympic weightlifter, we might do some really skill-specific motor control stuff deeper in the workout. And that might be heavy, but not super complicated. Think like clean pulls or snatch rows, things like that. Uh, not super technical, but work on motor control stuff, not the big full movement. Core. I love, love, love putting core work at the end. If you've done a Feel Strong Fit program, you have almost definitely hit at some point kind of a core finisher right at the end of your workout. Why is this? It is not because core isn't important. At core, we're saying abs, obliques, trunk stability, all of that stuff. Uh, yes, it's six-pack work. It's also stability work. It's also breathing work. It's also good posture work, all of these things. Almost every movement that you do walking around, ideally you're using your core a little bit. So we're going to take the bulk of the workout and we're fatiguing your core a bit as we go. Depending on what kind of training you're, do you're doing, if it's gymnastic centric or weight centric, it's probably very core specific. If you're more uh, like running, cardio, metabolic training, it might be less core specific. But we are using your core and fatiguing it at least somewhat throughout the whole workout. Then at the end, I love throwing in a really core-specific finisher that you have to think about. You have to focus on how you're moving and what you're doing. And now we can really kind of burn it down, fatigue it, because we don't need the core anymore. This is the end of our workout. We're not going to adversely affect any other exercises by making your core uh, weaker and more fatigued. We're going to make it stronger when we recover. So I love leaving that to the end. What about cardio, metabolic conditioning, breathing hard, go fast, the CrossFit workout, the HIT, all of that stuff? Where do you put that? I always put it at the end. It's the last thing you do. Probably, especially if you're working out with any kind of intensity, you're going to be gassed at the end of this. 
While there are situations in which you will do the heavy breathing and then go lift something heavy and complicated, it's relatively rare. And unless this is a very sport-specific application, I typically won't do it. We motor control tends to get a little less sharp. We want to put the breathe hard, go hard, hit, crossfit, metabolic conditioning thing at the end. With that, what kind of workout do you do at the end? Do you make it energy system specific? Do you make it body part specific? And to answer that, it really depends what you're training for. Look back to one of our goals podcasts. We've done a couple of things on setting smart goals, things like that. But it depends what the purpose of your training is. If the purpose of your training is to just get in shape, feel good, live forever, be able to pick my grandkids up when I'm 75, uh, not get hurt, uh, you know, be able to go upstairs on my own, generally, live long, live loud, feel good, feel strong, all that stuff we love, you can probably do whatever you want. If you know what your training is, you may want to balance it against what you're doing the next day or the day after that. If uh, you know Tuesday is going to be a big shoulder-specific day, maybe Monday you don't want to do an enormous amount of shoulder volume in your metabolic conditioning piece at the end because that may adversely affect Tuesday. So looking at how these things affect each other, it does get complicated and there are no hard and fast rules. A lot of it depends on who you who you are, how you recover, things like that. But if you're training for just general physical preparedness, you don't have to get too hung up on it. Mix them around, make sure you're not repeating things too many times. Be aware of how many times you're doing a movement pattern, let's say in seven days in a week, since it's easy to package that way. You know, how many times are you going through a squatting motion? How many times are you doing a vertical pulling motion? How many times are you hanging on to something uh, really tight? Deadlift, pull up, toes to bar, that stuff gets really grip intensive. We want to, we want your grip to be stronger, but we don't want to destroy your hands. No fun, nothing like that. But for that metabolic conditioning piece, you can be a little loosey-goosey. Now, if you are training for more sport-specific application, you need to be a little more specific in your training. And this is where I tend to come back to the sort of things we're working on that day. So just as an example, if I'm uh, training a one-on-one client, this is not me selling you the one-on-one programs, they sell themselves, but for your template program, or if you're building your own program, take a look at it, the kind of things you did today. And let's say we did some front squats, we did some weighted pull-ups, we did a little bit of hand balancing, some handstand work, and then we did a core finisher with some uh, V-ups and Russian twists and heel touches. That's a pretty varied day. With lower body pushing, upper body pulling, some balancing, isometric holds with that uh, handstand work, and core stuff. So a little all over the place. What do we train for this? Well, I would probably make some lower body pushing, upper body pulling, possibly isometric balancing, possibly some core. So you can have versions of that. What kind of things support that? Well, squatting patterns, maybe you don't want to do, did I say front squats or back squats? I don't remember what we're doing on this day. But you can do a lunge, you can do some step ups, you can do jumping, you can do like in a CrossFit setting, you can do wall ball shots, you can do thrusters, you can do anything with that hip flexion where your uh, stimulus is mostly on your legs, still engaging that core. Upper body pulling, sure you can do more pull-ups, you can do lat pull-downs, you can do horizontal pulling, you can do any kind of row. It could be rowing, it could be a rowing machine. That's still, it's leg-centric upper body pulling. It's a squatting pattern 
with upper body pulling. Is it mostly cardio? Absolutely. Is it the same motor pattern? Absolutely. So that's one way to think about how you frame this stuff. And then maybe an isometric, maybe not, depending on what kind of conditioning you're doing. Sometimes isometrics are a little tricky to put in conditioning pieces, but I love planks, wall sits, handstands, all of that stuff. And core is core. Maybe it's toes to bar. If you're on that rower, maybe you turn around and do some rower pikes. I pr I'm just making this up off the top of my head as a way to frame how you can build these workouts uh, to decide what you're working on. So we've built a workout or you have this framework for looking at a workout. Uh, really efficient. What's the biggest bang for your buck? How effective is it being? This is a great way, if a filter for you to run through if you're deciding on a program to do. If you decide this program is for you, it more or less passes these tests, or you decide that it's just a great deal, or the person you really admire on Instagram says that that's what they're gonna do, or maybe they're writing the program. Justin, uh, I don't really care about these checklists. I'm gonna do this program, but it's a little too much for me. It's gonna take forever or the facility, the place I'm working out in, I'm doing this at home and it doesn't really work for me. What do I keep? What do I throw away? I would still run through it in this order with that filter. Big full body compound. What's the biggest movements with the biggest bang for your buck you can get out of it? Not necessarily what you wanna do the most, Certainly we want things that move you toward your goals, but these aren't necessarily going to be the things that are the most fun to do. You know, I'll do curls all day long, but it is a single joint exercise. It's pretty much only biceps. Is it the thing I would do presented with a gym in 10 minutes under no circumstances? Would I enjoy doing it? Yeah, probably. It's super fun. So big full body exercises. Then you have to decide is your, uh, is your priority getting to a conditioning piece if you're doing, if there's cardio involved in your program at all? Or for the accessories, what's the most important to you? And this takes a little bit of insight as to what these are doing. Uh, ideally, the coach has spelled out for you the reason for it or provided you the method to ask them, hey, uh, I only have 30 minutes in this 55 minute program. Obviously, I'm gonna start with the squats, what do you think I should keep? What should I throw away? What's the most important? I really like, and this is more for coaches out there, writing things in the order of priority. Real life happens. People run out of time. Gyms get crowded, especially with social, social distancing right now. Sometimes people can't use stations or equipment or maybe machines or whatever in the order they want to do it. Write the program in the order that it's important. If you really, really, really think that well, no, I, I need them to do their high pulls before they get to the rows because I think that it's gonna be more important to have this kind of shoulder activity before they start using their lats to get this thing done. Then that's a reason to put it in that priority order. A, B, C, D, that's the order. Nine out of 10 times when someone asks me what they should cut, and it still happens all the time, like in, a situation where we are custom crafting programs from the ground up exactly to your schedule, exactly to your goals, exactly to the facility you're working out in, exactly to the equipment available to you, the time domain that you think you have to work out. Still then, stuff happens and people run out of time. Nine out of 10 times, my answer is cut from the bottom up. Do A, B, C. If you have to leave D and E out, no problem. 
if it's a situation where the conditioning, hit, cardio, metabolic conditioning element is a priority for me, I will move that up. I will say, we have to keep the conditioning. We have to keep A and we have to keep the conditioning, for example. In that situation, depending on the client's goals, I might cut B to preserve the conditioning because I think that's important. And it's also gonna give them that conditioning feeling, the breathe hard, get a lot of sweat done. I really accomplished something for today, which is real because it happened and they did it, but there's plenty of people that that's one of the things they're looking for, and it's important that you give them that. No one wants to spend an hour in a gym and walk out feeling like they didn't get a workout. It feels like a waste, it feels um, unsatisfying, and if they feel like they didn't get a workout, they probably didn't get a workout. All right, I'm gonna leave this here. Thank you so much for listening. This is Feel Strong Fitness. Check us out at Feel Strong Fit on Instagram. If y'all have any questions about building programs, setting programs, what we do, crafting individual programs for people, you know, lots of people are ready to work hard, but they don't know what workout to do or what exercises to do or the way they should build it. We do that for you. Get in touch, reach out. Thank you again for listening and feel strong. Thank you so much for listening to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. Please visit us at feelstrong.me. DM us at feelstrongfit on Instagram to get started or just pick our brain. If you could rate and review us on iTunes, five stars, write something. It makes a big difference, folks. We don't work with everyone, but we'll talk to anyone. If you're ready to get started today, get in touch. Thank you again and feel strong.